The issue of fundraising in charitable community organizations is an interesting issue. I think it's actually a sign of a much deeper problem than is often seen. So why is it that we spend so much of our time trying to raise funds for an organization that's trying to do good work? And this is interesting because it's the flip side of what happens in companies that are focused on trying to make money. And they spend all of their time trying to think about like focusing on making money and then every now and then put a little bit of effort into doing some good work. And so there's kind of a split between our making money and doing good work. And that I see as a huge issue in society. If we didn't have this split, if doing good and making money happened at the same time, then we would spend all of our time doing good. And we would do so much more good. The fact that we have companies that are focused on making money and charitable organizations that are focused on spending money is an imbalance, a split. It's like uh, if any of you have seen The Dark Crystal, a classic fantasy movie that I love. The those, these powerful beings that get split into their dark side and their light side. And their light side is very, very mystical and beautiful and peaceful, but lacking in power. And the dark side is very powerful and, a, and ruling and dominating, but lacking in wisdom and peace. And the solution is not for the light side to destroy the dark side, it's for the two sides to come together. And when the two become one, then they are peaceful and powerful, and are actually able to lead and make a difference in a positive way. I think this is what needs to happen. And how this applies to fundraising it's to do with developing a circular monetary systems, community-based organizations where the money flows in a circle rather than in a line. So if I can explain myself, a company operates much like a vacuum cleaner, vacuuming the money out of its customers. It passes through the machinery which are, is the business and its structures and the workers. And the workers get a little bit of the money in the process. And then that money is sucked towards the shareholders who try to make as much money out of the company as possible. And power goes the other way. Power goes from the shareholders down through the workers. And and the customers have the least power. A charity tries to reverse this and take the money from those who have money to whatever projects or people need that money. And so it becomes another vacuum cleaner trying to vacuum it in the opposite direction.
Now, if you take a cooperative community organization, one where the workers own the business, they are the shareholders, or the customers own the business, they are the shareholders. A kind of club where people are helping each other and the business is for helping us as a community. And of course, we as a community are also serving others and making a difference in the world, but we are working for ourselves as well and supporting ourselves. Then you have a system that doesn't look like a vacuum cleaner anymore. It looks like the, a cycle in nature, like the water cycle, where the, the water evaporates up into the sky and then comes down and is rain and travels through the rivers and waters the plants. And then through the plants evaporates again into the clouds and the whole cycle repeats. And it's very sustainable and beautiful. So if money can flow in that way through a cyclical system through the organization, it becomes a beautiful, harmonious ecology of money rather than a, an attempt to put band-aids on things. And by making money to flow in this way, in general, we create, we can create a system where money is no longer a problem, but it is, is part of the healthy ecology of human society. So this is an ecological approach to solving human social issues, including the environment as well as other things. Now what this looks like in fundraising is that you make sure that your organization knows who it serves. Your organization becomes a club. A club with members who are whoever it is that really needs your work. So you have to find your constituents, your members. So if you're working in a neighborhood and trying to develop the neighborhood, then your constituents, your members are maybe the neighbors or maybe they are the uh, different businesses that operate in your neighborhood. All of the people who are supported by your, your work and becomes your community. If you are trying to save the forests, who are your members? Are they the forest activists? Or are they perhaps the people who actually own land and are interested in developing the, the land into something better and they would like to have forests but need to make some money out of it? Whatever it is, if you can find your membership, your, your team, your community that you're building, the next step is to serve them. How do you serve that community? So, for example, in the Systems Change Alliance, we've decided that we really feel our, our constituents are those who are already doing good work towards systems change. 
And so these are organizations and these are individuals who are focused on transforming society. Now, our first step is to gather these people, to bring them together and see what it is that they are doing and who are they and can we meet each other and all of these things. But then we have to figure out how to serve them. So we need to ask, what problems do you have? What needs do you have? How can we serve you? Fundraising is one of the needs that has come up. Networking is another one that has come up. And so out of this need to serve, we start talking about fundraising. Now when you are serving and you are providing a valuable service to people, giving them what it is that they need to be able to do a better job, to be able to take things a step further, then they become very willing to support you in turn. And you get volunteers or you get money, you get whatever needs you have supported by, by your membership. And so you can have membership fees or you can have paid services or if you're doing some project together and making money together then you can take a share of the profits. So many ways come out of this community building process. So if we see our charity work not as directly doing an action but as building a community around that action and supporting that community to do, to do what it needs to be done, then fundraising no longer becomes an issue separated from the rest of your work. It becomes a natural extension of your, your direction that you are taking with your organization. Fundraising becomes easy and fun and meaningful. There are lots of different organizations that become member organizations and this is normally like there can be all kinds of structures. There are clubs, there are associations, there are companies even that operate like this. But the basic structure that's designed for this is the cooperative. And so, so this way of working is often called the cooperative system or the cooperative approach. And cooperative systems can be of different types. You can have ones that are made out of workers who are working together to do some kind of project. And so it becomes a bit like a business with the workers owning the business. Or you can have one that is owned and owned by customers, people who are needing some service and you're giving them that service. Or one of the most common is what's called producers, people who already have their own business or project and they're already doing work of some kind and you're just amplifying the work of existing businesses and, and projects, making them more successful, helping them with what is it that they need, marketing or promotion or administration or coaching or 
simply having a forum for them to discuss and meet each other and learn from each other, whatever it is. So in the full-blown cooperative system, the actual ownership of the project becomes in the hands of that community that you have built. But you don't need to start there. That's a little bit, a bit down the track. The starting point is just to have that community, to have a community of people who are keen on the same direction that you are keen on and need your work to support their own work or their own lives. So once you have this community, you need to find out what the needs of the community are. So that you have to have conversations, discussions, find out what issues they're having and what support they need. And this is partly a conversation that's about effectiveness. It's about um, how are we going to be the most effective organization? We're going to do that by solving the problems that are actually pressing problems. Not just doing more of the same of what everyone else is doing, but actually filling in the, the gaps that make these problems, make these other organizations and your members less effective than they could be. So you're going to be finding out how to amplify what's already happening. And at the same time, you're also finding out the things that people would pay for, the things that people would value and therefore want to give support to you for. So if you can then find out these needs, which basically involves having some meetings, having some conversations, getting to know people. It's a very fun process. Then you move on to how do we serve those needs? So they may ask for things that you know how to provide. In many cases they will because you're already setting yourself up to do work in this field and you're finding people who are needing your work and so presumably if you've chosen people who truly do need your work that then you're going to be able to help them and you're going to have some skills in that area but then some of the time often they also need things that you didn't realize they needed and things that you don't yet have skills in and so then you need to find out how you can serve them and that doesn't necessarily mean you need to do it yourself. You just need to be able to create the possibility of getting them getting that service. Does that mean bringing in someone from, from another organization or another business? Does that mean learning some skills yourself so that you can do it? Does that mean simply finding some material? What is it that is required? And, and create that service that is exactly what they need. So once you've created the service, then you need to sell it. Now selling something that is exactly what people have asked you for is not hard. If you're trying to sell something that is kind of, um, you know, they don't really realize that they want it, that, that maybe that's a, a kind of a job, a kind of a difficult job. Selling people something that they 
have told you they want and they and they really need and this is kind of like um, it's difficult not to do it as soon as you start talking about here is the offer that we have here is the thing that we could do to help you then they will be saying oh wow wonderful this is exactly what I need because you've designed it to be exactly what they need if they're not saying it's exactly what I, what I need then you haven't designed it right of course and you go back to, to designing it and making it exactly what they need. At some point you will need to have a conversation about money or uh, set a uh, fee for it or something like that. Um, this also ideally should be done with some kind of some kind of feedback from the members, from the constituents that you're working with. You need to know what is their kind of Finances like how much can they afford? Uh, what is a, a membership fee structure that works for them? You can kind of guess at it and see what works, as, as a lot of people do. Just set a price and see if people buy the, the product. Personally, my preference is, is to actually ask people. You know, we want to put this, uh, this service together. Um, how much do you think we should charge you for it? Should we charge for it? Should it be by donation? What should it be? See, see what they, they tell you. And so then you're creating something that is exactly what they need and is exactly in the form that they feel is appropriate. And how can you go wrong? Of course, you, there's a whole lot of little details you have to put in place, but basically you're creating something very, very simple and stable because you're, you're so so precisely meeting the needs of, of the members who are doing precisely the thing that you're wanting to do as an organisation or a project. Of course, after this, you'll have to continue fine-tuning your offer and fine-tuning how your organisation works and how to support the members but this is an ongoing process of community building, and community building is what we are about. Whatever project you're doing, if you can build the community around that project, you will have so much more power than trying to do that project yourself. For example, they talk about this, this quote that, you know, give a man a fish and he'll be, he'll be satisfied for a day and teach him to fish and he will have enough for a life. If we build a community around the project that we want to do, then it takes on a life of its own and it goes a lot bigger than us. So whatever it is that you're wanting to do, build that community, serve that community, receive from your community and you will have stable funds that are easy and fun and meaningful for you to support your organization with. Sometimes you may also want to, to get fundraising from in other ways, in other sources. You may want to get grants, you may want to get uh, donations. It may be that your constituents, your members, don't really have the money to pay for this project and they need
grants and they need other donations to be able to, to support it. But because you've engaged that community and talked to them about it, you can then use their energy to make this happen. So again, you don't need to be, get stuck with the fundraising efforts. If they are going to do some fundraising, you've got a community there who are keen to make this happen and will be keen to support this fundraising and make this fundraising happen. Build your community, serve your community, the funds will come.